back to the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. It's again joined by Father Larry Swink. Hey, Bill, what's happening? Another day in paradise, Father. Uh, we're gonna today. We're gonna talk about lukewarmness, and 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 to a lesser extent, or related, maybe a little bit of maybe spiritual dryness too. Um, the dangers of lukewarmness, as Father Larry was just calling it, the devil in disguise. And um, how you know, I realize it's summertime, but just in my talking to friends and parishioners, and I think the Father will back this up saying him too there seems to be like a lot of malaise out there uh amongst the catholics so father right all right bill so yeah i, I you know when we were talking about topics for this week and i've, I've given this you know I, I apologize to all those i mean there's it wasn't that many people came out for the meditations i did two nights in a row one for men and one for women on the topic of lukewarmness and the name of the i guess if you could paraphrase the name of the uh or sort of the name of the topic was you know it's really hot outside but how's your spiritual life you know and, and i was trying to explain how we can so easily fall into this middle ground which is actually very dangerous in the spiritual life and um yeah i saw i thought we just talk about like you know uh lukewarmness and um you know the first off i think we need to look that and realize that this this word spiritually is only used once in the entire bible and it's in the book of Revelation. And uh, our Lord will say in Revelation chapter 3, 16, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So obviously it's pretty obvious that our Lord does not like lukewarm souls. It's just, I mean, if you're going to vomit something out of your mouth, I mean, it's just probably distasteful, right? And it's something that you don't want to keep. It doesn't taste good. And it's something you want to just get rid of right away. Um you know, all right. So, where do you want to start with this, Bill? I mean, where which direction do you want to take? Well, this? let's talk about what 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 from a Catholic standpoint or a spiritual standpoint, what it what, what it means when we talk about people or people, you know, luke, being lukewarm to the faith. Right. Should we do a little biblical background first, or just go straight into it? Let's always start with the Bible, Father. All right. Well, there's something kind of cool. I, I thought. I mean, maybe my, my other people might not think it's too cool, but um, that I didn't know this about until I did a Bible study on, on Luke on revelation, but revelation was known for, um, for different types of water. And, um, the, they had a hot spring right outside of the city, which was like, you know, rich and famous people used to go out there in the, middle, in the winter and just kind of chill in these hot springs and people would serve them food. You probably had hotels, you know, these, uh, you know, a- ancient hotels and it was kind of cool. And then there was, they were also known, um, n- nearby, was Colossae, which is very nearby on the other side of the city. And it was known for its cold water springs, like just like tremendous, like natural springs. You just take your bottle and drink it straight out of the river. It's just so good. And um, and then our Lord kind of says, but you all, and you have these two nice waters. You got like the hot water that knew and the cold water because you're lukewarm. And in uh, the, the word uh, that he uses uh, is in Greek is emio, which is vomit out of your mouth. And uh, so first off, what is lukewarmness? And I think what we have to do is uh, look at it from, I'm going to take it from Father uh, Saint, now St. Uh, uh, Peter Faber. Uh, he wrote a, uh, had a little, a nice uh, th- book called Growth and Holiness in chapter 25. He has a whole chapter on holiness. And he, he says that basically what it is, it's a sort of a, a real tepidity in the spiritual life where you're not on fire, 
you're not motivated, you're just kind of kind of mailing it in, um, not feeling it, not doing apostolate. Um, you're doing prayer, but if you're doing it, it's minimal and it's not really with the heart. Um, it's almost, I would say it's almost like a spiritual depression. And essentially what it is, it's a lack of love for our Lord. And the catechism of the Catholic Church actually mentions this. It's actually an offense against the first commandment. Uh, the first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul. And if you go to the thing on charity, it says in the in the section on charity, it says lukewarmness is hesitation or negligence in responding to divine love. So responding to 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 God, and, uh, and it, it can imply refusal to give oneself over to the prompting of charity. So basically, what we're looking at is it's a cooling off, essentially, of our love of God. And which I think would also piggy is sort of uh, spiral into lack of love for neighbor, which is, is soon to come if we go down that path. And possibly many other things it would spiral into. Right. I mean, I think, I think inevitably can, it's, it's, it's sort of a, a virus that can lead to serious sin inevitably over time. So I think it'd be good to kind of go the, the, he has seven signs of, you know, what, how do you know if you're struggling with lukewarmness? This is from once again, this book called Growth and Holiness by St. Peter Faber, who was actually canonized by Pope Francis, I think like five years, several years ago. Um, he was a good Jesuit, Father Faber, and he's now a saint. Um, and uh, so the first one is is um, constant putting off our daily devotions. So one, one, I mean, one key, key line you can see here is like, okay, um, just things you used to do to show your love for God are just not happening. You know, now you, you, you told me, Bill, that you're, you're hearing from people like, you know, that people feel they're lukewarm. Are you kind of seeing um, around you like people just not so devoted at church, not going to church? Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot. The yeah. And I, you know, of course, it's the perfect storm. It's 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 summer. It's late summer at that. So, you know, right. people who haven't taken vacations at a lot of them are away. But but, you know, we've noticed it, and even even, you know, people being brutal, brutally honest saying, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I haven't been to adoration in a month or two. And you wow. know, these are people who would have been there if weekly, if not more, um, again, not judging anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kind of lukewarm right now myself. And in that, in and in you know, I don't know where it all comes from. It, it's, I think it's a, again, I hate to use a term that I just used again, but it, I think it is a perfect storm. It's, it is summer. It is, um, I think people are, even people who don't regularly, you know, are plugged into news 24 seven, any news right now, none of it's good. Um, you know, there are some people who are even disen, you know, have become disenfranchised with kind of the hierarchy of the church. Um, you know, whether it be from the, the Latin mouse mass crowd, whether it be from, you know, various other things from hearing airplane interviews and things like that of late. Um, right. but I just think it, I think there's a lot, a lot affecting people and a lot of people are kind of not where they were maybe right. not so long ago. Right. No, I, I think you're, I think you're spot on Bill. I, I think that some people when they're, the attitude can be, I think is, wow, I mean, no one else cares. And, you know, I mean, look at all the evil in the world or look at what's happening. And I mean, you hear this all the time. You get tired of hearing it, but it's true. I mean, it just seems like things are getting worse and worse in some ways, but, but I, I think it's very interesting to look at the importance of 
of not falling into this this lukewarmness because some of the saint some of the uh, two saints in particular but many saints have said this uh, in particular in the during the we talked about the latin mass during the council of trent uh, where the latin mass came from the church of mass saint Pius v um he said this uh well, this is during, remember, Protestantism, and there was such a tepidity. Of, I mean, Catholicism was a disaster. And that's why, I mean, that's why Luther kind of revolted, and you know, because there was just such lukewarmness all over the church. Even worse, I mean, you know, priests were living with women, and there was, you know, there was sell, you know, not, not working. I mean, it was just a mess. And um, he said this, all the evils of the world are due to lukewarm Catholics, quote, unquote. <laughs> and then years later, uh, Pope Pius X, um said something uh similar to this and he uh he was writing um you know basically he you know he was big and writing against heresies and but one of the strong statements he said was all the strength of satan's reign is due to the easygoing weakness of catholics so i mean both of them uh, you know this is one speaking right around from the 20th century and the other one speaking you know back in the during the reformation time is like they're saying look i mean the problems of the world are not so much the world. I mean, we're, we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And remember, our Lord says in the gospel, what, what, is, uh, what is salt worth if it loses its taste? You know, it's worth nothing. And I think that people have lost that sort of that idea that we're salt and leaven. And when, I mean, and this, for myself, first and foremost, like, I mean, there's sometimes it's like, well, why, why even bother? But if you go in that, go down that path, there's so many people that go with you, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, but you know, secondly, let's, let's keep going through this list. Secondly, it says negligence and lack of attention when performing them. Um, you know, one of the things I was talking at, at the ladies night of reflection is, you know, if, if like, you can just look at how a priest celebrates mass, you know, and I have to check myself is like, look, you know, it's your second mass a day. Don't, don't, you know, pray it like you're ordering a pizza, you know, but I think that's kind of one of the things we have to look at is like, not so much are we doing, are we, are we are we devoted to God? Are we loving God? Are we praying, you know, with devotion? Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you know, you're going through suffering, or you're going through pain, or you're going through a rough time or illness, and and uh, and so forth. And uh, you know, I, I was uh, I was it was interesting. My father just had a had just had a heart attack a couple of days ago, and um, it's really beautiful when I went into his room and he had. <laughs> on his table, this, the abandonment to divine providence and a rosary, you know, and, uh, and we did some prayer together. And then my mom called him and it was something, it was really beautiful because spent the night over at her house, you know, cause you know, dad was in the hospital and just to be with her. And she was, anyway, they were worried that this could be it. And, you know, talking a little bit about funeral to praise God. He looks like he's out of the woods. He's doing fine. But he told my mom, he says, look, I pray my rosary. I, I you know, I've read the the sacraments. What do I have to worry about? It was just, a, it's kind of beautiful. Just like, you know, that just shows you the, the, the opposite side. When you just live devotion, you get through the, the craziest stuff. You even look at face, face death square in the eye and be at peace with it. You know? Yep. So let me ask you a question. And I'm totally putting you on the spot here uh, with your with, with, uh, discussing, you know, saying, uh, celebrating a reverent mass. Um, right. And, and I want please everyone hear what I'm saying. The <laughs> disclaimer from the beginning I am not saying you cannot celebrate a reverent Norvis Ordo, Norvis Ordo Mass. That being said, you, just coming from, you know, many, many years, probably four to five years of celebrating the Novus Ordo Mass at Orientum, I know you switched back being obedient. Has that been, was that, has that, was that weird to you? 
is it weird again looking at us? It is a little bit. Be honest, I don't look at you. No, <laughs> so, no, you know what I mean, yeah, though. I, you, yeah. Instead of looking at the a beautiful crucifix or what's in front of you on the altar, you know, you're right. now looking at it, a bunch of us. Right. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit different. I, I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, obviously, now it makes it a little bit more difficult not to be distracted during the Eucharistic prayer, obviously. Uh, and I, I think there's some pragmatic uh, reasons, why, even just for the reverence of the priest to to do out orientment one i think is just so you're not worried about how you perform so to speak and just pray the prayers you know um i mean honestly I, I don't i don't think it really has affected me that much i think it affects the people more you yeah. know because i had i had a, a 20 uh, a girl because now we have to look at you no, yeah I'm just really distracting. <laughs> like man we like you when you turn your face you know but uh but i had this uh this young girl she's i think she's in college and she was like father did you did you why did you, did you change the altar and i'm like no we you know we, we were told we had to she goes i knew it she goes it was really a lot harder for me to concentrate at mass and i was just like wow you know i think it's i think in some ways it's more than me it's probably harder for the people i think it's, especially if they've gotten used to just kind of you know yep. with that with that orientation during mass so um i, I think you know it just but it, it all comes down to now we have to be very careful about how we celebrate mass, obviously. And even our facial expressions, things like that, it just throws people off. Yep. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's probably the answer, the quick answer to that. All right. Number three. All right. Number three, um, not feeling right with God. And I think this is a, this is an interesting point is now, obviously we have to be careful of like basing our spiritual life on feelings. I mean, you can be extremely holy and very devout and not feel right with God just because you're going through a, a period of aridity, which could be a test, but, this is more like, you know, it's your fault. You're not right with God. You know, this is like, I just don't, I'm off. And I know I'm not putting in the effort. And I just feel, I feel, you know, I feel distant from God. And I, I one of the, the scriptures that I turned to for this was, you know, after Peter, Jesus was arrested, it says he followed Jesus at a distance, you know, and he felt distant from God. And, um, and I think it's, it's kind of a, it's a funky, it's a funky feeling that, if you get caught there, you can stay there for a long time too. And that's the problem. You know, I mean, you can, you can kind of stay in that, in that position for a while and it can be very detrimental. And I think that's why it's so important to kind of, you know, check yourself at times to be like, you know, I mean, it's like someone who, you know, doesn't exercise for a while, you know, there's gotta be a point where you look in the mirror and like, gosh, you know, I gotta, I gotta do something, yeah, you know, the, like, the gym is a perfect analogy. It, it, right. the, the, you're just like, I don't, I, I don't know. have energy. I feel sore. I feel stiff. I feel, put on weight i just don't feel right well it's kind of a similar feeling i think spiritually it's like you just feel off and and it's just you know it's almost like i got and once again like i i use the image of lukewarmness is, is kind of like a virus it just feels your energy is off you're just not engaged in your work i mean it affects it affects more than just the immediate right it affects you know your work it affects you know way you deal with people and and so forth so I think it's, it's, it's kind of, we have to, but you, if you're feeling just chronically off, you got to ask yourself, am I strong with lukewarmness? You know, am I, is because I'm not, really, I'm not responding to God's love and I'm not putting in any prayer. I'm not trying to, you know, do, do my daily devotions or just, you know, maybe I haven't been to confession in a long time. And I'm just, so then that gets into my, my, my next thing is uh, four is acting without any intention or indifference. And I think that's probably a bigger word. It's like indifference. It's just like, eh, who cares? I mean, what is it? What does it matter? You know, 
And once again, it's really, you, you wonder why our Lord Jesus would say hot or cold, because I think we would say, well, isn't it better to be like in the middle than cold? You know, cold is like, I'm, I'm flat out, you know, I'm, I'm going to shoot up some heroin and, you know, go, go on some, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, some playing or whatever. But no, I mean, the interesting thing is, oddly enough, people that are way out in left field, like just cold, are easier to convert than lukewarm people. Because they know, they know they're wicked and they want to, they, they kind of want to be busted and they can be turned around. Uh, lukewarm people, they don't, they don't think they're as bad as they are. They yeah. think they're okay, but they don't feel okay. Is it you know? fair to say, uh, well, first of all, I think it's a hundred percent fair to say that lukewarmness is not, is, is wholly our fault. Uh, this is not on oh, God. hundred percent. But is it fair to say, and not making excuses, but is it fair to say, being only human, that lukewarmness many times is a, is kind of a byproduct of something going on in your personal life. You know, some, there's something else that's off. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And it's a response uh, either, you know, running toward God or in some cases not necessarily running away, but not, not, not running toward him. How's that? No, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it can be, it could be an offshoot of like, you know, there's something, uh, you know, I think sometimes, you know, if you're going through some kind of, once again, I mean, a suffering or. I mean, uh, everything like from, I was just thinking everything from, you know, maybe uh, marital issues, financial issues, issues with your kids. I mean, there's all kinds of things, obviously, that we all struggle from. But, um, I mean, is it fair to say that a lot of times that's, that's kind of the cause of something else? Right. Well, let's think of it this way. I mean, do you think a person who's, ha I mean, I, and it, I have to be careful saying this, but like, I mean, if someone is really on fire with the Lord, I think they're able to deal with those things, you know, a lot better. And I think they're probably not, their marriage is probably not as bad as off as they, if they're lukewarm. I mean, I just, <laughs> I just think there's, there's probably, you know, like, you know, when someone's just kind of mailing it in, it's going to, it's going to affect your, your relationship with your, with your, you, you know, your, your daily duties, your, your vocation, and you know, I mean, it's going to affect everything. So I think, I think, yeah, I think they're, I think they're both linked. Obviously you can't divide, you know, your prayer life from your, you know, your personal life. So I think absolutely. I think we'll get to that um, a little bit. Uh, I, I can't remember. I'm missing, I'm missing a point here. Oh yeah. Here's another one. Um, uh, hold on. And I'm not sure why it's not, uh, but one of the one of the uh, things too, and I guess this would be um, number number five is carelessness with growing in virtue. But the other thing, the flip side of that is um, not fighting uh, venial sin, right? So, um, so like you know, and now it's interesting that these are there's signs of lukewarmness. But if you go back a little bit, there is there's three principal causes of this now these are more what i'm talking about here is the symptoms right yeah. you're not feeling right with god and you're saying well how to like is there something else there right that's your question yeah and so let's back up a little bit because he also has like what we've been talking about the symptoms these are like yeah all right it's almost like with covid like you know like you're oh i gotta i gotta i'm like burning up and i i'm about to cough up along and maybe you know i have covid you just look for symptoms and you're like you know and then people are like, okay, let's, if it lasts long enough, you're like, all right, let's go test it. Well, what we're talking about is the symptoms. Let's talk about the causes of it. And number one, the cause of lukewarmness, according to uh, Peter Faber, 
is a sort of comfort in committing venial sins. In other words, it's um, kind of like, well, you know, this attitude that I'm not going to commit serious sins, but I don't care about the little battles. And I think that's a very interesting, that's a whole nother podcast is like, um, we very rarely address venial sins. You know, we it's, always, it's the we old, you know, I, I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, but I mean, I, I wonder if people even realize the amount of venial sins that are committed on a daily basis. And, and maybe it's sort of like these lack, I mean, because anytime we, we sin, even in a, in a, in a little way, it's a lack of love towards God or neighbor and it's damaging our, we would say the definition of venial sin is it damages our relationship with God. So it makes sense that one of the primary causes of lukewarmness is basically just a constant, like, um, you know, lack of uh, fortitude with little sins and not just that, just an ease in committing that, you know, and then with the theology of, you know, sins, ease of committing them as well as, ease of not recognizing them maybe perhaps when you're doing an examination of conscience you may be completely discounting some of this stuff right right and i think that's that's probably one of the re like going back to your point is you know is there something in the background i would say it's sort of like yeah there's i think the first thing you have to look at is like, what sins am i not and i mean like i'm not talking about major stuff here but like like where do the little battles I'm not fighting that's creating a, a big problem? I mean, so an example is like, all right, and I don't want to use this. I mean, it's a dumb example, but like, you know, I've been battling back pain for a while, but now I'm starting to realize that from everyone I've talked to, it's because of years of sitting improperly. Like, you know, like you, you kind of sit and it's like, and, and it was just, it really started after I got my hip replaced. And I, part of it is like uh, kind of favoring one side. So now I have to do all the work to undo that which is tough. It's like, well, you know, when I sit, I can't sit certain directions because it's just going to reinforce this thing. But I didn't know, I didn't know that. I mean, I had no idea that was creating a problem. Right. So you're you undoing know? years of, you know, things. Right. That and, so, and, and, then, and the front, yeah. And the frustrating thing is like, well, can we fix this overnight? It's like, no, we got to work on this. And, a, but a lukewarm person like, I'm not stretching. I mean, why, why should I? This takes two weeks, too much effort. Right. And that's sort of like the, the problem with lukewarmness is like, I don't want to put in anything that's, that's going to hurt or create any sort of effort, you know? And I think that's, but if we want to be healed, we've got to, we got to do something, right? If we just, if you just sit around, it's going to get worse and it's going to lead to all kinds of problems, right? You know, or surgery, whatever, but the same in the spiritual life. The second thing too, I'm, I'm going back to like the causes. And so there's three, and I think this is all tied in what you said. Number two is an habitual dissipation of mind. So what that means is, uh, a person who's lukewarm does not control their imagination and really lives in a fantasy world rather than reality. And uh, if you sit there and you think about this, like, whoa, whoa, I mean, virtual reality, fantasy, I, I think a vast majority of people today probably without knowing it are living in sort of a dissipation of, of, of mind and are living in sort of a fantasy world because reality is just not what, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to live in reality and that, you know, just work and, you know, dealing with your spouse's defects and, you know, you know, getting your prayer done and, you know, uh, you know, being, you know, you know, taking care of stuff and that stuff's hard, but like, you know, just staying in the, you know, getting on the internet and just kind of floating around. I was going to say, you watch the news at night, you'll think you're living in a fantasy world. Right. <laughs> and I think there's something, there might be a, there might be sort of a tie in there. Now, what, I mean, what do you think about that, the dissipation of mind? 
I think I, I I'll buy it. Yeah. Right. And uh, the last the last cause is um, the failure to identify and wage war against one's ruling passion or primary fault. So what this means is, you know, this another podcast. I think we've done this before, which was the predominant fault. We did that months ago. You know, how do you find your predominant fault? And how do you fight against it? But one of the things that will happen is, you know, because fighting your predominant fault is not an easy thing. And it's just, it just, it takes effort. And so what you'll see is a person just like, why even bother? You know, like, I'm not gonna, you know, it's not making a difference. So why even, why even try this, you know, or it's just, I just kind of give up and it just, and I'm not saying in major ways, but just sort of caving in to, to ease and comfort. So, um, so that's, there's, that's kind of like what you're saying. There's some background stuff here. Um, and then going back to the, the signs of lukewarmness, we talked about carelessness and going virtue, which is tied in with these three reasons for being falling into it, is a contempt of little things. Uh, and that's, that's where I, that, that gets me because I know for myself is, you know, there's, there's certain prayers I do every day. Some are big and I, I, I've never had a problem with the big ones, like the breviary and holy hour and rosary. I call those big rocks, but the little ones, like, you know, the, visit to the blessed sacrament for you know 45 seconds or whatever um three hail marys before bed the morning offering i mean those things can easily get kind of thrown because what what's our lukewarm mind think is like wow i mean who it doesn't really matter to god you know but i mean you think about if we're looking at it see we've, we've lost a sense of like it's about loving god we have to be in this loving relationship right and if you look at it just as a to-do list or I've got to appease the almighty God, you know, <laughs> because he's going to trample me, you know, if I don't, which isn't true, you're just hurting yourself. Uh, you're not growing. But it, it, if you look at it, it's like, you know, I really want to be in this, this, this uh, intentional relationship with God. It's like you realize like you would in a marriage or in a friendship is little things matter to people. Right. It's not, it's not, you, it, obviously you sh should not be doing it. It, it can become superstitious almost. You know, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I'll tell you this, like, it, yesterday really moved me. Um, you know, the Cardinal secretary called me about my dad. And I got to tell you, I was really moved by that. He said, hey, the secretary said, hey, the Cardinal wants to know he's praying for your pops. He wants an update. And I told my dad, my dad was almost moved to tears. He thought it was so beautiful that, you know, that the Cardinal was praying for him. And uh, I just think it was a little thing. It didn't take, it took probably 45 seconds or it's eight calls call swing tell him you know praying for his pops and i mean that's but you think about it, like those things mean a lot to remember people's birthdays and things like this and you know i mean it's just just that kind of stuff really really helps you know um but anyway so going back to this we have to look at like you know one thing is you know the little daily opportunities that just little things that i'm not doing and uh number seven last thing is a person looks back at the good they have done rather than the good we need to do in the future so it's almost like a person's like, it's you know, it's easier you know, to look at what the good we've done. Right. Yeah. I have, I have, I have, I have climbed Mount Everest, you know, yeah. and it's like, and, but in reality we've climbed Sugarloaf Mountain, you yeah, know, I, got, I did this for this, you know, this parishioner today and I, yeah, it's, wow. What a trap. Right. So that's, those are the seven, those are like the seven, uh, signs and that you want to go into like the remedies for it. Well, we, we'll certainly talk about the remedies, but let me ask you <clears throat> the question real quick. At, at what point, I mean, can we, you know, you don't want to ever give, um, quote unquote, the devil more than is due. But at what point do we have to recognize that there is spiritual warfare involved here? 
I mean, especially, in, you know, oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Well, I mean, not to jump ahead, but I found this great quote from, uh, uh, what's the name? Cardinal Sarah. I love that guy, you know? And, um, I, I just, I actually, out of curiosity, I was just wondering like his response to like the, you know, cause he was a big promoter of the Adoriento and all that. Have you seen any responses from him at all? Or has it been radio silence? Yeah. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I don't think he, I think he's just, he's just praying right now. He, I don't think he knows what to think, you know? Cause I think it's almost, I mean, in some ways I think it's a little bit, he feels embarrassed because he was, he's such a holy guy and he meant, and, it, and really he's got the right way of thinking. It's like, he probably just feels like, well, I'm just going to pray and, he is a humble man, so I, I doubt he's not the type of guy who's going to write a like a scathing. No, he's not going to go on some dumb podcast and and trash the Pope and everything else. Right, right. He's just he's doing, he's a, doing what he should be doing. Yeah, but this is what he says. This is what he said um, in one of his books. He said the devil's tactic is to propose to us what is reasonable. Yes, he is the prince of lukewarmness, the king of compromise. His aim is not to make us fall into specific errors, but on the contrary to leave us in vague uncertainty because it is impossible to stake one's life on vague ideas and consequently to become a saint in those circumstances. Wow. And yeah. it's just a, yeah, just this idea like, you know, he's, he's going to lull you, seduce you into sort of this, like, you know, this lukewarm, you know, like that cup of coffee is sitting on your desk for four hours, you know, and you know, it just kind of cools off, off little by little. Uh, and it's, it's just a very, I mean, that's, I mean, I would say, you know, like a snake, a snake doesn't, it's like, I mean, they do attack you, but a lot of times, like, let's take, you know, like a boa constrictor, they kind of, you know, these kind of slowly choke you, you know? And I think that's probably, you know, like the seduction is much more subtle than we think, you know? And it starts with this lukewarmness, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Is the devil behind it? A hundred percent, you know? All um, right. Symptoms in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. So this is remedies now. That's what I meant. Sorry, remedy. Yeah. Yeah. So we just did this, the science and we did how we got there. And, uh, you know, so let's just review that. Seven signs. Uh, they get lukewarm. Constantly putting off daily devotions, negligence, lack of attention when doing them, not feeling right with God, acting without intention or indifference. Five, carelessness about growing in virtue. Six, contempt of little little things, daily opportunities. And seven, looking back at the good we've done rather than forward to the good we need to do. So, uh, Father Favor lists five remedies. Number one. Meditate on eternal truths of our faith and thus to understand their overwhelming importance. Uh, you know, I was kind of, uh, why don't you take a step? What do you mean? What, what would be an eternal truth that would be good to meditate on if you find yourself like, I'm really getting lukewarm? Oh, uh, um, well, I mean, I can hear, I can, you know, something on my, uh, probably little father Larry on my shoulders is telling me to go, you know, sit in front of the blessed sacrament. But I mean, that's more, that's a remedy, but you know, an eternal truth, eternal truth. It's something that it's, this is not like what a priest, but this is like, what would yeah. a topic that's been divinely proposed to us as, as, as certain that would help arise us out of this. Um, I got nothing at the moment. I would say last things. I, I would, I mean, I, my, my thing is, I think he's, I think I have to look back and I have to read this chapter again, but I think he's talking about eternal truths and such as, you know, heaven, hell, and purgatory, you know, like, I mean, you're, I just think you're, that you're going to die. Right. I mean, you're it's just go, like, yeah. Like, yeah, that this is like, we're, we're still like, and that we're going to be judged. And I think, I think this is something we just do not want to talk about, you know? 
is the judgment. And, um, you know, it's funny, like last weekend was the three beatings in the gospel. And I don't think anyone touched that. You know, I didn't, I didn't preach that weekend. And, uh, and I don't blame people, but I'm just really curious. I mean, we just talked about three beatings, you know, and, um, essentially what we're talking about is judgment and sort of like, and he says, you know, those who know, those who don't know, those, those have been given much will be judged more severely. You know, I think it's like, you know, we have, I think it's, it's helpful at times to say, you know what, I gotta, I'm going to meet our Lord someday. Um, or it could be just like, all right, like meditate on the mass. Like what exactly, like, why am I not engaged in the mass? I've lost that sense of what it is, you know, um, uh, it could be, uh, something, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is just, um, eternal truths. I mean, even meditating on angels and demons, like, I mean, the reality that like, like you're saying the spiritual warfare, this is an eternal truth, you know? Um, so, you know, just trying to think of like, think supernaturally. And I think the problem with lukewarmness is, is we're not thinking about the supernatural. We're just thinking about, you know, our next meal, you know, what's on TV, uh, my next comfort, you know, as opposed to, or the eternal truth that I've got an eternal soul, you know, that's, you know, so uh, that's number one. Number two is make yourself less busy so we can perform our devotions and prayers with proper piety and recollection. So, you know, and I think it's, it could be like getting up a little bit earlier or, you know, canceling some TV time or whatever, you know, just sort of finding ways to just, okay, I've got to, I've got, I've got to, you know, I got to get to the gym. I got to get, I got to get in front. I got to get in front of Jesus. And I, I don't want to just, do it when I'm driving and just, you know, like some real, you know, some time with our Lord. Uh, number three, the practice of silence, uh, which I presume opens to recollection of God. I mean, I think, you know, that's an interesting thing is like, if you're feeling bummed out or not right with God and you just sit yourself in front of, in front of our Lord, it's amazing how quickly that can turn around. You know, uh, it's almost like, I mean, there's so much to go through your heart and you're thinking, gosh, you know, you start thinking about things in a more serious level, you know, you start looking at, you know, uh, maybe there's some things I need to change, you know, um, um, you know, I haven't, you know, um, if I've been loving my people, I think about them as a priest or, you know, as a, you as a dad. And yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's also, a, it's a refuge, you know, the, one of the things is, you know, my office overlooks the parking lot here and many, you know, we have a, we have a very, uh, very um, large group of, of, hourly, you know, adorers that come in, you know, five days a week on their right. hour. But we also have this, these, like these, you know, hit and hit and run people who, who, who are on their way home from work. They've only got 10 minutes for whatever reason. Yeah. And then it may be obviously a legitimate reason, but still they took 10 minutes to pull up to the curb, run in the church for a minute, say hi or whatever else. And then they're gone. And, right. and I mean, I, I think some of it, sometimes it is, it's, it is a refuge. I mean, too, there's, 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 you know, other than your own um, kind of man-made distractions that, that I can certainly make my own up with, you know, pews popping or whatever noise or a, gra or a lawnmower in the background, you know, there, there, isn't, there isn't all the noise of the world. Right. No, it's beautiful. And I, I, I mean, even the, I mean, the drive-bys, I love those people. I mean, no, that's just, what I mean. I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, they, they, and it's, and it's, it's, it's been a growing number here. You know, I think word's gotten out that, you know, that we, that we, the blessed sacrament is exposed for a, for a large you know portion of each day. And while they're not the ones who have signed up and taken ownership of a particular hour on a particular day, it's part of their, it's part of their normal routine, whether it's in the morning or in the evening. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. hundred percent. I think it's beautiful. And, uh, 
you know, another thing he says is to persevere uh, in um, our daily spiritual exercise despite dryness and distractions. And he said this is hugely important. And I think that's a, that's a key key thing is, uh, you know, um, I think sometimes like if you've ever been through rehab for an injury and stuff like that, you know, like there comes a point where like this isn't doing anything, you know, because it, it takes time to re to get the body back to where it was. And I think, you know, you might, you might have to, you might feel a little bit off for a while, you know, like God, God might not give you that, that warm, fuzzy feeling right away. Cause he's like, Oh, they're going to run away again. So I would say like, sometimes like kind of stick with it, you know? And, um, and it, it, it'll, it'll produce fruit and, you know, God might give you this warm, fuzzy feelings over time. He might give it to you immediately. I'm not God. Um, and, uh, but he, he knows what you need, but I, I think it's just kind of, all right, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, get some reasonable well never not just reasonable but some you know in, in resolutions that i think the, that the holy spirit's asking me to do and just stick with them and let's let's go with this you know and uh, and it will help me you know and i think over time you're going to see fruit from it but i think what happens is we all do this you know we go on retreat and we make resolutions and then you know four or five days and then we're expecting like a billion dollar answer from god with a 10 cent prayer life and i think that's one of the problems here, you know, is we're not, we're not, we're not trying to nurture this relationship, you know? And, and again, you don't, you know, not to, um, this is not, not making excuses, but, but take solace. Many, many, including well-known, well-documented saints have gone through this at, at one right. point or another. And I'm sure I could throw in the word priest as well. Probably all saints have gone through a period of lukewarmness. I mean, I, I was, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I gotta be careful saying that. I, I don't know people's souls. I don't sure. know what they went through, but I would say this is a, this is a, uh, this is eight. And I was telling the men and women these, this past week, this is our battle. You know, if anyone who came to uh, drove out to, you know, St. Mary's city on a Monday and Tuesday, you know uh, you know, I, I think there, there, there's a love for God for sure. Yep. Or a desire for that. But I said, most of us, I mean, our love for God is off and it just needs to be improved. And I, I think our battle is really that middle ground, you know, and um, and then five, the last thing is this. He says, uh, practice some kind of exterior mortification, like fasting or some sort of bodily penance. Uh, you know, now he's just like a lot of. I mean, why does he say this? Because I think too is lukewarmness is kind of like this love of comfort, and you kind of have to arouse a little bit of you know jolt the body a little bit out of that. You know, it's like you know, I mean, if, if it's you know feast day every every single day you know, it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to really, you know, think about the cross. It's hard not, It's hard to be you know, faithful to prayer, things like this, because these types of things take a degree of, of sacrifice. And I think um, a lot of times, um, I, I just know, you know, experientially, and I know, you know, from just guiding from souls, is like the first thing to go is like, you know, exterior mortifications, you know, it's just like, whatever's comfortable, you know, it's like, you know, I want to get a pack of gum, I get a pack of gum. If I want to have a Slurpee, I have a Slurpee, you know, you know, there's no like thought of, is it good for me? Is this what God wants? Should I do this? I mean, obviously none of these things are evil, right? But it's like just constant, what's the next, you know, little pleasure I can experience, you know, uh, not, you know, having to listen to the radio and not, you know, have a little time to pray the rosary in the car or, or listen, like you know, prep, listen to something else on the radio. Yeah, right. Like the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, so those, those are the five five remedies, you know. So the good news is, I mean, well, you know, people ask, well, how do you get out of the forest? You just you just have to, you know, redirect, reorient, right? Go out orient and face the Lord, you know, and to, um, you know, just ask for His grace and He'll give it to you. So very good. All right, prayer. Yeah. Uh, why don't we say a St. Michael prayer? And we pray, let's offer this for our Pope and for all bishops and priests around the world. And we pray for our church in general, that there's a sort of a, that we all, you know, tend to get out of this lukewarmness and really take the the quest for holiness seriously, you know? Because, I mean, in, in essence, you know, like people are looking at us, the Catholic church. I mean, we are the, we are the, the center stage of, you know, people look up to us, whether we like it or not. And uh, we know this. I mean, people work their, you know, they're going to ask, oh, all right, you're the church person, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's one of those things we have to be cognizant of that. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and for thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast in hell Satan and all the evil spirits that prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father. All right, all right man, God bless, man.